What's up, everyone? This is Keith from BizBody, and today's title is called Muscle Medium. And the reason that I have chosen Muscle Medium is because today's a little more technical than uh, the other podcasts. And, and there was a great question for one of my clients today um, that was, was on my mind. And I wanted to explain this uh, to all of you because I know that you guys deal with a lot of these same ideas, which is, um, the question was, uh, how does my son get better from a torn meniscus? Um, so someone maybe in their early 30s, late 20s, how do they get better from a torn meniscus? And this is such a loaded question, right? So I'm going to break this question down into how I explain it and what I'm thinking in my mind. And, and the person that I'm talking to in the context of the person I'm talking to is someone who is knowledgeable of the human body and who is trained her whole life and also has, has a master's in a health-related profession. So this is exactly what we were talking about. So number one, um, get better. So this is the first part is how I'm framing the whole scenario. So number one, uh, what does getting better mean? Like expectations. What, uh, what does he want to get back to doing? Um, what, uh, what are his time expectations? And then from there, from the future, the projection of what he wants to do or what, what they want to do, um, what are the, what's the history? Like what's the past? Because um, do, I, I do not believe that people um, change from their injuries. I believe that injuries mean, a majority of injuries means that you're permanently changed and you'll need to manage those um, joints or those previous injuries, surgeries, whatever, for the rest of your life. And it just depends on how your body and your mind integrate uh, new solutions in order to navigate your environment in a different configuration. Like, do you own these positions? So I want to know if they believe that. Because what moves you, right? You know, this mind-muscle connection. And how does the mind and muscle work? It, what, what do we know about that? Like, how, how do they repair? Do, does, do the joints really repair well? Does cartilage repair well? Do meniscuses repair well? Um, has there been other, other injuries? Like, has there been ankle sprains? Has, it, has there been other traumas, uh, like concussions, whatnot? Um, are they on medication? Have they had any surgeries? So from there, it's like, okay, if, the, if we know how the mind and muscle connection works, how much of that is really conscious, under conscious control, like under those trillions of cells, how do you get to decide in an instant what type of configuration you know you have or do not have, and then what is your, is your sensorium or what does your brain pay attention to to deliver a sensation about either fatigue, pain, ease, um, strength, like how does it do that, right? And that's usually bathed in different nutrients, different chemicals. So what kind of nutrients is that person consuming? What type of hydrational status is that person? And then how does that information in different negative feedback loops come back to you to understand as an observer what's even happening? So from there, what happens with trauma? correct? Loss of integrity, loss of control. Um, and it may not be of conscious awareness until maybe, just maybe, there is a, a pain response of something that cannot be controlled. And then from there, what does, what does that have to do with muscles being a medium, right? 
muscles being the medium of which we're observing and creating experiences around for physical exercise while asking questions of what someone is observing as they're going through it. So the role of a dual observer is really this muscle medium idea. So if someone's going to ask me again, how does my son get better from a torn meniscus? Um, that's how we build the process. If someone is not getting better, then I know that I need to refer out to a different professional because then it's definitely out of my scope of practice, of which I'm defining on my front end of my process through the questions that I ask, my, my medical intake, if I'm even the right fit for this person, which is my sales process. So the sales process is already dictating what I'm doing on the front end to make sure that I'm ethically capable of working with someone in this scenario, making sure that they're cleared by a physician or even had previously gone through physical therapy to even work and be cleared for physical exercise, then I actually take measurements like, hey, does this person have hypertension? Do they have any type of cardiovascular problems? Do they have any other types of diseases that would get in the way of helping me work with that person? And then from there, what are their expectations of getting back to doing what? Because if a person with a torn meniscus that is severely deconditioned wants to go and run a marathon, what am I, what am I going to do? Am I going to help them? Do I even want to help them? So with that being said, muscles being the medium, and this is exactly why I'm titling this, is my understanding of how muscles pull, how the mind controls the muscle, how plastically things can change or not change that helps define this frame of this professional relationship and then thinking of all the things that muscle can help with. I mean, just think about it. This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. So like muscle is linked into inflammation, right? Into control supposedly of joints, which hasn't totally been proven, right? There's a lot of evidence that suggests that, um, Muscles that pull on different uh, bones that can help coordinate joint movements may help with joint integrity. But then also there's evidence that suggests that that if um, someone in your family had a bad hip on one side or a hip that, that becomes uh, arthritic, that you may too eventually have arthritic hip because it's partially, partially genetic. Um, muscle pulls on, on bone, which then stimulates bone, which can help with the quality of bone. So osteoporosis or osteopenia can be a, a big piece of that equation, right? And then joint integrity, um, how muscle is moving the joint. We all know that cartilage gets fed with movement. So and not necessarily if the joint is, is in perfect shape, will the, the brain say, is it okay? Or the nervous system say, it's, is it okay to then explore the full range of that joint? Which means that if the joint is not being squished or that cartilage is not being squished, then it is quite possible that the cartilage is not being fed, which means that the cartilage will suffer and not, not get squished enough to then, um, to be fed. And then and at night when it imbibes to then regenerate. We also know that if there is lack of control of an area, that there could be higher, um, higher forms of inflammation or higher percentage of inflammation, which can affect your nervous system. Um, we also know that muscle is also a great 
absorber of glucose through contraction, through non-insulin related uptake of glucose. So if you have higher quality of muscle, you're actually helping your metabolism and, and help pull, put, pulling energy through the system, right? Pulling energy through the system instead of pushing energy into the cell from well, how much, uh, how much nutrients, uh, how many nutrients are we're, we're consuming. So if we're consuming a ton of nutrients, where is all that energy going, right? Or is it just is it just getting shoved and packaged into the cells? Is insulin then um, wreaking havoc on a system because because of the nutrient density of of the food? So muscle can actually help with that. Another thing that that muscle helps with is, I mean, your lymph. Your lymph gets pumped because of muscle, right? The only pump that I know of lymph fluid is the muscle contraction. So muscle becomes this really amazing medium for your your immune system, which also helps with uh, the health of of your neurons. Because as, as inflammation goes up, then we also have problems with um, with cognition. So muscle also has many other functions of which, um, I mean, you think about like your ability to control and navigate your environment. Muscle is the thing that moves you around your environment and your mind is the thing that will then tell the muscle like how to be used. And most of that is done non-consciously. I mean, you're just basically walking through your environment. You don't have to like think about contracting all these muscles in order to go to a specific place. So muscles are the medium. So then wrapping this back up, when somebody asks me a question, how somebody can get better at blank at anything, um, making sure that I understand exactly where that person's been, exactly what their expectations are of the future and where they are at right now, and I have a process to support that, and that I know with, that I'm within my scope of practice in order to get them where they want to go, is exactly how I build everything. It's, it's how I build everything. It's even what I test for. So if I'm not even looking for how this person is controlling themselves in their environment, then, then I got problems because as a person who is dispensing positions, challenges in, in the, the load, the intensity, the volume, monitoring those variables, the rate of force development, um, and then how somebody recovers from all of those scenarios along with very important markers like hypertension, like what's someone's blood pressure to someone's resting heart rate towards their ability to maintain something. I, I better be in control of my system. Otherwise, um, the person that I'm working with, with a majority of the United States being metabolically challenged and with a, with a ton of undiagnosed disease, to have me as a practitioner be risk averse, this is a very, very good idea to have a checks and balances system of your intake, of your collaborations with other professionals in the health-related field, and to make sure that um, you know exactly what happened to that person's past diagnosed diseases and what they're expecting to do in the future to have the most success with a client so that when they come in, they know that they're going to be doing better and you know that you're trying what you're trying to do with each session. So this is a little long-winded, and there's a lot here to unpack. So I hope that this resonates with some of you out there. Um, have meaningful conversations, build a meaningful process, and keep making it better. Keep making that in-person session better 
because that's exactly what is going to help our communities. What's going to bring excellence into the exercise field because exercise is a very potent, potent stimulus for people when it's dosed correctly. I mean, there's just very few things out there that can do what correct dosed exercise can do for a person. And as we get better as professionals and we share how that happens, um, we can we can definitely help our entire community. Well, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, like and share with uh, like and share share this with uh, anyone that you know will help. Please rate this, um, review it. Uh, if you have any any types of, um, of feedback that would be beneficial for me, I, I greatly appreciate it. And um, thank you again for trying to raise the standard of the exercise industry.